0: Good morning, Redemption Church. It is an honor to be back together again. My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors. And uh, this morning, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Ruth chapter two. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. And if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been journeying through the story of Ruth and really looking at how God takes broken things and makes them beautiful. You know, the last couple of weeks, we've really been sitting with some pretty heavy things, looking at the setting and the setup up to this story of redemption that is coming. But the last couple of weeks have been really hard as we looked at the reality of brokenness. And then the response as last week, our characters, Ruth and Naomi and Orpah had to make very tough decisions as they journeyed back to Bethlehem from Moab and um, and we just we landed last week with a glimmer of hope as our characters Naomi and Ruth found themselves in the right place, headed in the right direction. And there was a sliver of hope in the midst of hardship. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be journeying through Ruth chapter two. As today, we start to move from the response to the rescue that we're going to see for Naomi and Ruth from brokenness. And so, um, let's jump right in to Ruth chapter two. Uh, we're going to kind of set the scene a little bit here. Again, they're in the right place at the right time. It's the beginning of the season. And our author says this about our characters that now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech whose name was Boaz. And so let's just stop right there as we want to take our time through this story as we want to make our way through this rescue that is coming to our characters and we're introduced to a new character in our story this man named Boaz and the author tells us four things that that he's a relative of Naomi that he was related to Elimelech uh Naomi's husband who has passed away and then it says the bible says that he's a worthy man that word worthy is also used in judges chapter 6 to speak of Gideon, the mighty man of valor, that this is a man's man, that he is a strong, confident, powerful man. When you think of Boaz, think of a man that you would want to hang out with, but that he would be a beast of a man, a mighty, strong man. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, He is a mighty man. He's of the clan of Elimelech. He comes from a good tribe he comes from a good clan and then we're told his name he's given his identity his name is is Boaz and if we fast forward as again last week we talked about how this story is a snapshot of the greatest love story ever told God's story of redemption of us through Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 in Jesus's lineage we're told that Boaz has a grandmother and his grandmother is Rahab that Boaz himself comes from a lineage with hardship and pain, with awkwardness, and and maybe a little bit of scandal in his story, which I can't help but wonder if that doesn't inform how he decides to respond to the lowly servants, um, and especially Ruth, as we'll see as our story goes on. But so we meet this guy named Boaz as our characters are headed in a good direction. Verse 2 says that Ruth the Moabite, again, She is identified as a foreigner left outside of God's people. Ruth said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. Last week we saw Ruth's life was changed as she decided that she was going to follow Naomi and follow Yahweh, the good God of Israel. And there has been this transition in Ruth where at the beginning of Naomi and Ruth's story last week, we saw Naomi was out in the fields working and Ruth was at home. But now Ruth is saying, I'm going to go out. I'm going to work. I'm going to glean from the fields. And before she heads out, Before she heads in a new direction, she wants to go to her authority figure, the one that she has pledged and committed her life to. And so she goes to Naomi and says, is it okay if I go? I'm thinking of going out. I'm going to go work in the fields. What do you think? And so we see here that even still, Naomi last week rejected and forgot about Ruth, but Ruth still holds her in high regard. She still respects her and comes to her as a wise counselor. I couldn't help but make, make me ask the question in the midst of hard and broken times, who do you have that you can go to and seek counsel and ask advice and seek wisdom from? Who is a Naomi in your life that you can say, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Naomi is that for Ruth and and so she says she's going to go glean in the field she's going to go gather food for them there was this provision from the law for widows for orphans and foreigners that as the the harvesters would go out into the field if if food fell and hit the ground, if there were some that was remained on the stalks, they would leave it and behind the harvesters, or as our text will call them here, reapers, behind the reapers, the widows, the orphans, um, the foreigners, those outside of God's covenant people would be allowed, if given permission, to go behind them and gather food. This isn't whole foods. This is a dented can store. It's not the best of the best, but it was a way for God's people to provide for those outside of the covenant of Israel or those who maybe didn't have protection and provision for. And so we see this this willingness from Ruth to go work hard and to maybe even put herself in harm's way. This wasn't a safe job as a young, unprotected woman would go out by herself in the fields. Danger and hardship, potential assault, could await her, but yet she was willing to work hard. Her life has been changed. She wants to labor. She wants to go provide. She wants to do the best she can. And so she starts to head in this new direction. But before she does that, she asks Naomi's advice. And we see that a new direction has produced a new hope, that there's this new hope, even in Naomi. Last week, the last thing we saw from Naomi was this bitter tirade, Where she forgot about the hope and the help that was standing right next to her as she lashed out at God, as she lashed out, lashed out at the women in the city, and she just felt so bitter and so broken. But now again, they find themselves in the right place, headed in a good direction, and her response to Ruth is, go my daughter. She gives her her blessing. She encourages her to go and work hard, to, to go ahead and go glean in the fields, hoping that she'll find favor in the fields of Boaz. That word favor is literally grace or charm. And the first place we see that used in, in, the, in the Bible is in the book of Genesis, speaking of Noah, that Noah found favor or grace from God. And so even at the beginning here, the author is painting this picture that this new direction that our characters are headed still requires grace. They're still a dependent people and God still has to move and work in this story. And so this good direction that Ruth and Naomi are headed down is going to lead now to a great encounter as we're going to get our first interaction between Boaz and Ruth. Verse, uh, verse four says, and behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. There's this anticipation as Boaz arrives on the scene, as Ruth has been in the fields, she's been working. um, And he said, the Lord be with you. He blesses his workers and they answer him in response with a blessing. We get this picture of Boaz that he's a joy. He's not just a mighty man. He's not just a big dude. He's not just a strong dude, but he's a good dude to be around. That, that there's a good relationship between him and his workers. He blesses them as he shows up to work and they bless him in return. As this story unfolds, we're just going to continue to see more and more the great character and nature and the loving kindness of Boaz. And as Boaz is there and he starts to survey the lands, verse 5 says um, that he notices something, something catches his eye. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? he notices Ruth. As Boaz takes a look around, maybe it's because he didn't know her. Maybe it's because she was new to his field. I like to think that there was something about Ruth that caught his eye. I've said before that our our wives should become our standard of beauty. And I would like to think in this moment, as Boaz is surveying his field and he's looking at the people working hard for him, He notices her, and she is his standard of beauty. As I thought about this 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 week, and this is kind of just for free. This isn't necessarily right here. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think men, specifically if we're married, you need to remember when your wife first caught your eye. That's what we're seeing here. Ruth caught his eye. And he was captivated and he's going to want to know more as our story moves forward. And it's been so good for me to remember this week when my wife caught my eye, when she, my eyes were opened and the Lord stirred my heart and my affection for her. And then I've been challenged this week to remind myself or to be captivated by my wife to see her Again that I would continually be making her my standard of beauty, that I would be inquiring of her. That's what we're seeing Boaz is going to do here. And men, I want to implore you, do that. Remember when you first saw your wife, when your affection was stirred for her, when she became your standard of beauty. Um, Again, that's for free. Let's dive back into the text. He asks about her and he goes to the guy in charge of his field. And he says, who is she? And the guy in charge of the reapers answered. And we want to pay attention to how this man is going to acknowledge who Ruth is. And we'll contrast that here in a little bit with how Boaz sees her. He says, she she is the young Moabite woman. She's an outsider who came back with Naomi, the one the whole town has been talking about from the country of Moab. And then he, he talks about a conversation they must have had earlier in the day She asked, she said, please let me glean and gather. It warms my heart that she used alliteration among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she continued from early in the morning until now, except for a short rest. He acknowledges that she's a hard worker, but he can't get past that she's a foreigner, that she's young and that she's a woman and that she has tied her life. She has grafted, she's hitched her wagon to Naomi, The widow who left with Elimelech when the going got tough, they abandoned God's people. And now she's come back with nothing. This man in charge of the field sees just the brokenness, sees just the hardship, sees just an outcast who, yes, she's working hard, but he repeats twice that she's a Moab. He can't get past her pain and her brokenness. And that's going to be extremely significant here in a moment. But Boaz, it's not going to be enough for him to know about her. He's going to want to now go and speak to her. Again, he's captivated. He's captivated by her. And so it says, the Bible says that Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter. And we get our first encounter. This is the great encounter of Boaz and Ruth together as Boaz is going to now speak to her for the first time. And he's breaking down barriers from the very beginning where he said, my daughter, he wants her to feel comfortable. He wants her to feel cared for. And he's going to say, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink, what the young men have drawn. I want us to notice four things here from Boaz's initiation, his first conversation with Ruth. First off, he says, do not go to another field and glean in another field or leave this one. He wants Ruth to be cared for, to be provided for. He wants her to know you can come back here anytime. I'm going to take care of you come to this field, glean, harvest all you want. You're cared for here. But it's not enough for him to just provide food. He also says, keep close to my young women. He wants to care for her, but he also wants to provide her with community. This is a woman who's had a hard road and a lot of pain, and the only one that's been with her through thick and through thin has been her mother-in-law. And so she's in need of some friends, some community. And so he says, stay by my young women. You'll be safe. You'll have friends. You'll be cared for here with me. But then he's going to continue on. He says, let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you. He says, you can be confident here that when you see food available, go after it. Go get it. And you don't have to worry about assault or attack here. I've told my men not to touch you. You can be confident. You are safe. You are cared for. You have community. You are welcomed here. And then finally, and possibly the easiest for us to miss, but the most beautiful. He says, when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. He wants her to feel cherished, to feel special. It was not acceptable. It was not commonplace at this time for the women to drink from the workers' vessels, from their jugs. They would have had to go get their own water and bring their own water as well as the men's water early in the morning. And so Boaz is saying, you don't have enough water for you. You didn't bring your water. That's okay. You can drink the same water that the other ladies went and got for my workers, for my men. You are special. You are cherished. You can drink after them. He is cherishing her. He is caring for her. He is overwhelming her with love and generosity. And it's unbelievable. And Ruth is completely overwhelmed. In verse 10, it says, she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? And she speaks to her own identity, what she sees about herself here, since I am a foreigner. She still sees herself as an outcast, as an outsider, not welcomed. But what I want us to see is this response from Ruth. Culturally, this is an act of worship. When somebody in a position of authority would come and do something kind or just be present for, with somebody who is of a lower position in the culture, they would prostrate themselves. They would fall down and, and lay before the person who is worthy of their worship. And that's what Ruth does. And as I, as I reflected on this, I know I've been super guilty of this. We can just think of worship as singing a few songs. Or maybe putting money in an offering plate. Or maybe serving or, or something like that. But worship is so much more than that. It is having a great encounter with our God and King. And being completely overwhelmed by his love, his kindness, his grace, and his goodness. And that's what we see happens to Ruth here. And as we get this beautiful picture of worship from Ruth, I want it to inform how we worship, and how we define worship, that worship would be so much more than just a few songs, but a position in which we live our lives, that we would be seeking to have great encounters with our God and King, and that those would overwhelm us to the point of saying, God, why would you do this for me? How can you love me? How can you bless me? How can you be present with me in times of hardship and trouble? And that's Ruth's response. That's what we see here is this beautiful picture of worship. And while Ruth sees herself as a foreigner, Boaz is going to speak to the identity that he sees in her. In verse 11, he says, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know. Now he's going to speak a blessing over her. He says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I want us to remember, what did the, the young man in charge of the field say? He saw her brokenness, that she's an outsider. She's a young woman who has, who has grafted her life to Naomi a widow who left when the going got tough. He saw the broken. When Boaz sees Ruth, he sees the beauty. He sees courage. He sees faith. He sees commitment. He sees somebody that's had a very hard road, but in the midst of it has loved and endured well. I have to ask the question, when you look at people, do you see their brokenness or do you see their beauty? Boaz looked and saw her beauty he didn't see her brokenness. He saw her beauty. And then he speaks this blessing over her that the Lord would repay her. That word repay is the word shalom. It literally means may God bring you peace. Would God bring you peace for how you have lived, for what you have done? And then he acknowledges that it needs to be given by the Lord, the God of Israel. After Boaz has said, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to provide you f- with community. I'm going to cherish you. I'm going to give you food. You've got a place. You've got safety. You've got protection and provision here. He acknowledges again, we're getting more and more insight into Boaz's character. That above all, he's a worshiper of Yahweh, the good God of Israel. And he says, you you don't just need protection from me. You need the Lord to wrap his wings around you and keep you safe. He paints this picture of God like a mother bird who's drawing in her babies to protect them from the elements, protect them from danger. And he's wrapping them and drawing them close. And what he's acknowledging is, Ruth, you may not have known this when you left Moab with Naomi, but you are now in a place where God is drawing you close and you're going to find safety and refuge, not just from me, but from Yahweh, the good covenant God of Israel. Ruth headed in a good direction, and she's having just this unbelievable encounter, and she's finding herself now reaping so much beauty and blessing from the Lord beyond what she could have ever hoped. And so then her response is, I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. She still positions herself as the lowest of the low. But where it says that you have comforted me, don't you think that literally means she's she's been able to exhale, to breathe out. When was the last time you think Ruth experienced comfort and kindness? She is overwhelmed by how kindly Boaz has treated her, by how he's loved her and cared for her and protected her. And the best is yet to come. We're at the tip of the iceberg here as now we're going to see they've been working all day and it's, it's lunchtime. And it would have been common for Ruth to just go find a spot and try to eat a little bit of something. Um, she wouldn't, wouldn't have been invited into anything, but Boaz wants to continue this conversation. He's not done pursuing Ruth. And so it says in verse 14, at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread. And dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. She ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. These meals were, were, were more than just food. This was community. This was laughter. This was friendship. This was a time of bonding with each other, of sharing stories, gathering around the table. And I think we've seen this in this season where we've been isolated from one another, is that there's something precious about community. There's something precious about breaking bread with one another. And she is invited in to a table and a feast that she has no business at. But because Boaz says she's worthy, she gets to come in. And he invites her in, and it's not enough for Boaz to just give her food. He wants to give her good food. And so he says, take your bread and dip it in some wine. Let's enhance this experience even a little bit more. I want this to be amazing. So you know what? Your bread is good. Man, it's going to taste so much better if you dip it in some of this wine. And she sits with his workers, and then he comes and serves her. The owner of the field, the boss, the man in charge, comes and serves this Moabite woman who was just hoping for some table scraps. This is an amazing encounter. It would have taken her breath away. And then she gets to eat, it says, until she's satisfied. There's no more hunger left in her belly. Again, I have to wonder, how long has it been in the midst of a political crisis and a famine and hardship and pain and suffering? When was the last time she ate until she was full, until she was satisfied? But even that's not enough for Boaz as he he gives her more than she needs. She has some left over. She doesn't have to return it to the table. He gives her until she can't eat anymore. And then he packs up a doggy bag. This is an extravagant picture of love and care for Ruth. And then she's going to rise in verse 15. It says she rose to glean. Boaz now turns to his young men and he says, Let her glean among the sheaves. Do not reproach her. Also, pull out some of the good stuff from the bundles uh, for her and leave it for her to glean. Do not rebuke her. He's caring for her physically, but also emotionally. He wants to make sure people aren't mocking or mistreating Ruth in any way. He wants them to pull out some of the, the, good, the good barley and leave it for Ruth. This is, last week if you watched, we talked about this, this theological word in the Old Testament and in the Hebrew called hesed, the good, all the good characteristics and qualities of God, his goodness, his faithfulness, his loving, kindness, his gentleness, his presence, his peace is wrapped up in this Hebrew word called hesed. And that's what Naomi prayed over Ruth. This meal is a beautiful picture of the hesed of God Through Boaz, that he is pouring out riches and extravagance and love and protection and provision over Ruth, and she's done nothing to deserve any of it. It's because Boaz is good and kind and faithful that she receives these gifts. She is protected, she is provided for, and she has had a great encounter with Boaz. But just like last week, it was important for us to step back as Ruth made a commitment to God, to Naomi, that overwhelmed Naomi to the point of speechlessness, where she didn't know how to respond to Naomi saying, or to Ruth saying, I'm not going anywhere. I love you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. That there was this beautiful picture of selfless, faithful commitment to Naomi, who brought nothing to the table. We looked back, we zoomed back at God's big story and said, Jesus is such a better Ruth that if Ruth loves Naomi in that way, how much more does Jesus love us? How much more faithful is Jesus? How how much less did we bring to the table? And yet Jesus enters in and rescues us that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. If Jesus is the better Ruth, today as we look at Boaz, this amazing man who's poured out love and extravagance and generosity and protection on Ruth, we need to zoom back and say, Jesus is the far better Boaz. That we were invited in to a relationship with him, that we have been provided for, that there is a way out of our sin problem because of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. That we await a day where we get to sit at a table with our great God and King, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and He will invite us to commune with Him, to eat of good food, to share in good company, and we've done nothing to deserve it. That if this is a picture of the Hesed of God, the goodness and faithfulness, there is a much more beautiful picture of Hesed, all the goodness portrayed in God, in the picture, of the man, Jesus Christ. And so as we look and we marvel at this great encounter Ruth has with Boaz, it's important for us to step back and remember, Jesus is the far better Boaz. Jesus is so worthy of our worship. And so we continue on as we enter back into our story here. We see that she has had, she's been headed in a good direction. She's had this great encounter with Boaz, that now results in glorious news as she returns home. Verse 17 says, "'She gleaned in the field until evening. She worked hard. She beat out what she had gleaned, and when it was about an ephah of barley, and when she took it up and went into the city, her mother-in-law saw what she'd gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she left over after being satisfied.'" Let's just pause here. She worked hard. Boaz must have allowed her to use her threshing floor to prepare the barley so that they could ho- go home and use it and cook it. Um, and so she travels home. This is roughly 30 to 50 pounds of food that she hauls back home. And when she gets home, let's, not, let's be careful to not miss the generosity here of Ruth. She not only brings all the hard work, the result of all of her hard work, the barley, but she also brings out her leftovers and she presents it all to Naomi. Says, look at what happened today. Naomi here, she's received in abundance and now she's going to take that and pass that on. She's going to go and do likewise as she has been loved and received generosity. She in turn goes and pours out generosity on Naomi. Naomi's going to... Probably like most mother-in-laws, ask some questions and not wait for answers. In verse, um, 19, it says, her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. She asks questions of her daughter-in-law and then doesn't give her a chance to answer. She just continues on. She's so overwhelmed at the news that Ruth brings back, at the, the fruit of her labor of the day that they have been richly provided for, that there has been, a, it has been a beautiful day of God providing. That she says, blessed be the man who took notice of you. So Ruth then is going to tell her mother-in-law with whom she had worked. She said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And here's where we really get, it's it's good that she had a good day of work, and there's grain, and there's food, and that's exciting, but this is where the news turns to glorious in the story of Ruth. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi Naomi also said, the man is a close relative of ours. He's one of our redeemers. Let's just stop there, because the glorious news for Ruth And Naomi is that there is a redeemer. There is hope. There is beauty, even in the brokenness, because she has found herself now in favorable position with one of the redeemers. And it's important for us to understand what this is talking about. The glorious news that having a redeemer, this was a protection and a provision when when a woman would have a husband die There was this understanding that a brother or a close relative would redeem them. And these redeemers would come in and they would have to do five things. They would have to ensure their safety and security. They would have to ensure that they were not enslaved. If they were enslaved in any way, they would buy them back. They would have to seek justice for those who were murdered or put to death in an unjust way. They would also be the beneficiaries of any money or property, and that will be significant as we continue on in this story. And then finally, if there was any need for legal action, these redeemers would pursue that legal action. And so there was a lot of benefit, but a lot required of a redeemer. And so it was a heavy thing to enter into, but Naomi realizes and acknowledges this is one who can rescue us who can bring us back from brokenness. There is hope, there is beauty, and this is glorious news that Ruth has found favor with one who can redeem them. That she has she has worked hard and God has been faithful. And I don't want us to miss that. Look at, again, last week we looked at the tough character of Naomi. And even here she says, may he be blessed by the Lord. And then she says, whose kindness... That's that same word. She, she prays that has said all the good, faithful, great, glorious, wonderful things about God. May all of God's goodness fall on Boaz because God is faithful and he has not forsaken the living or the dead. Even in the midst of brokenness, Naomi prays. And now as things get beautiful, she praises. She acknowledges that God is good and he has been up to something even in the hardship, even in the suffering, and there's hope. I read this quote this week from uh, Dr. Block, who is a professor of Old Testament theology at Wheaton College, um, way smarter than me. He said, the custom of redemption was designed to maintain the wholeness and health of family relationships even after a person had died. That this was to provide safety and security for family units so that people were cared for. People were protected, and Ruth has found favor with one who can redeem them. And now Ruth is going to say besides that, in verse 21, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. As things are starting to draw to a close in our story, we see that it wasn't just for one day that Ruth received kindness, but that it's going to continue on tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. That she has been invited in, been invited into a relationship and invited into his, his land, his harvest, his crops, and that there is hope for the future because Boaz is kind and good. And so there's this confidence then that she has a safe place to go and work. And we see here a little bit of what must must have been going on in Naomi's head and mind throughout the day as she said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, verse 22, "It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted." I think Naomi had been sitting at home worried sick about Ruth and what could happen to her as she's out by herself in the fields with a bunch of guys seeking table scraps. She's worried for her safety. She's worried for for her physically. She's worried for her emotionally. She's worried. And now they've found a safe place for her to go work. And she's saying, stay the course. Keep heading this direction. You're going to be safe. You're going to be cared for. This is great and glorious news. And then as our passage draws to our close, we kind of get this summary statement The author says, So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvests. Again, more than she could have hoped for. And she lived with her mother-in-law. She gets to provide. She gets to continue to go and work. And we get this sense of things are looking up, way up for the first time in our story. As the first couple of chapters as the first week is really heavy, we now get a lot of hope in the midst of this. And what we have to do as we come to a close this morning is take a step back and marvel at, as, as Ruth is a picture, it is a snapshot of the greatest of love stories ever told. And see that man, Ruth experienced in this chapter such an amazing invitation into relationship with Boaz. She gets to sit at a table she doesn't belong at. She gets to have community. She gets to have provision. She gets to to experience things that she doesn't deserve to experience. She gets invited in. And as we take a step back, we can praise our great God and King that just like Boaz did for Ruth, Jesus came and invites us into a relationship with Him. He invites us into a feast with Him. He wants to include us. We were foreigners. We were enemies of God, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get invited in to God's family. We are His sons and His daughters through what Jesus did and the great, glorious news of His gospel, that He lived the life we couldn't live and died the death we should have died. That is glorious news for us. And we are then, because of that news, included like Ruth was included. But it doesn't stop at being included. Ruth's story is one where she's not only included, but she's shown extravagant love and gifts from Boaz. Likewise, when we step back, we see that Jesus and his the good news of the gospel is that we get the extravagant love. We get his spirit, the comforter. we We get God. Through a relationship with Jesus, we are called co-heirs with Christ. His kingdom, his spirit, his power is made available to us. He has poured out on us extravagantly, just like Ruth experienced. We get to experience so much more in the person and work of Jesus. And like Ruth, we see that there is a transformation as their story is being now one less about being broken and they're being rescued into beauty, that where there was hopelessness, now there is hope. Where there was pain, now there is promise. Where there was hard and hurt, we now see healing and hope. The gospel comes in and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection transforms us to where we are no longer separated from God, but we are his sons and his daughters. We have been made beautiful where before we were broken. And so as this story ends for the first time on an extremely positive, beautiful note, we can look back and say, this is such an amazing story that draws us into worship and adoration of the far better Boaz, Jesus. And we're going to see this is just the beginning of the beauty and the great and glorious news. And so my challenge to us, church family, is if you have had a great encounter with Jesus and he has rescued you from darkness and into light, what are you doing with that glorious news? We see that Ruth has an encounter with Boaz that she can't keep secret. She gets home and she's got to tell Naomi about it. My encouragement for us this week, church, would be first, let us head in a good direction and have a great encounter. Let's open up our Bibles. Let's spend time in prayer and in worship. And I don't just mean singing, but I mean spending time on our faces before our great God and King. And then when we've had that encounter, let us take that glorious news that we once were dead in our trespasses, but we have been made alive in Christ and seek to share that with the broken world around us. You have been made beautiful. Now go and share that glorious news with those around you. Would you pray with me?